build your startup when your client which is the, the coding. Yeah. And we had the Elad, Elad Levy, our third partner, that came from the product and the more marketing and technical marketing. And we built Fexel in 2018. And we went through the Texters program in Atlanta, which was incredible. And we sold the company in 2000, in the end of 2020 to Logic public company and now we're working there and, and love the team and in my personal background I'm coming from a digital marketing and doing it for 20 years before this I was a programmer in the Israeli army and oh, then, I didn't know that <laughs> yes I, I had the, I even learned like uh, a technician degree in uh, computer science and then, like on twenty on two thousand, I started like by accident, uh, to go into the marketing scene, and I love it. So I stayed, and it wasn't like the the, the original path that that I planned. And from there, I did a number of roles in some uh, ad agencies, advertising agencies in Israel. 
um, from sales to business development, marketing, uh, lots of hands-on. By the by, 2011, I started work as a consultant. Had the privilege to work with some of the largest companies in Israel, um, along with the companies from the from the US, mainly like Israel and, and US market. And then in 2018, we founded the Fixel. And I was a VP marketing in a startup and a Nima in a fintech before. And so had a very, very interesting journey. I wrote a best-selling book in Hebrew. And here we have the copy. This is oh. marketing in a digital era. Cool. So we can we can add the link you know then after the video if you have the digital version like uh, we can we can add it's it only in hebrew but i will say that <laughs> working i did it with yaron my uh, my partner to this book and now we're working on the second one and even thinking on an english version and mm -hmm. so it's really really exciting much more about like strategy and and focus and, and business focus I think that both of us like have much more experience and knowledge through the last uh, five six years that we want to share with the with the marketing community. And in addition to this, I'm working in the academy a bit, and I lecture for years in some of the leading universities and colleges. Today, I'm leading two uh, divisions in digital marketing in Uno Academy College. This is the largest college in Israel one in the first degree in advertising and the second one in the second degree in digital strategy. And that I think sum it up my uh, professional. It's, a, it's actually very diversified. You know, you have tried a lot of different things and started the company and working as a programmer in the military and then marketing and speaking, like very wide experience. I, I, I can tell you truly. So yes, I, it's, I, it's, it's an interesting journey. And, you know, we always have the important wife, two kids, old dog. <laughs> and... Okay, uh, Edgar, uh, may I ask you, what's the story in your life that changed everything and lead you to become who you are today? Um, well, I think I touched it a bit. I, I will tell that it's like came by, I go into the marketing definitely by accident. And I graduated, I finished the Israeli army. And then my father had a website for... Um, and for IT people, for IT executives. And I just got out of the army and look for what to do. And then, you know, he told me, hey, can you be here for like two months? And like he's a, he's a head of a business development and loved the job. He needed to find a new one. Hey, can you help me for two months? These two months became uh, two and a half years. It was great. <laughs> And I really like doing marketing and focus more on the business side from the, only the tech perspective. And, you know, from there, I go to one of the largest publishers and then to ad agencies. 
and so on. And started on. Okay, uh, understood. And could you tell me, please, why you decided to start Fixel Company and help uh, businesses like to better analyze their marketing activities, their audience? How this idea came to you? Like, why you decided to start the company? So we started. We decided to start the company in, out of personal pain. Personal pain was, I was, as I said, I work as a consultant and I uh, led the, the digital marketing and, and media buying uh, for, for a lot of companies. And what that I saw back then was a lot of a lack of efficiency in understanding the website audiences. Because, for example, if you take someone who visits your site 30 days ago, is he relevant for you? Is for you as a marketer, putting your marketing dollars there and not in search or putting a billboard, maybe there are more efficient way. So what happened was that I, as a consultant, took the time and started to build metrics and to, to find out is this user relevant mm-hmm. was a tedious and time-consuming uh, process. It delivered great results. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back then, I became passionate in how we can automate this process and scale it. Mm-hmm. So this okay. is like the start of Excel. Mm-hmm. And based on your experience, what are the most important things for entrepreneurs who just started, you know, searching, like thinking and starting, uh, want to start their own digital product? What is uh, most important for the entrepreneurs to focus on when they are building a new digital product? So first of all, I think that... and. and we will talk a bit about the discovery, I assume, but what I have learned personally is first, everyone's saying it, and as an entrepreneur, you're hearing lots of advices. And it's really hard to know when this is a very, very nice advice, mm-hmm. when this is a must-have advice. So I think the three must-have advices that entrepreneur need to know is one is the classic fall in love in a problem not in the solution you have to understand what you're solving for what is the problem that your potential clients are facing with and how you can solve it and there's a great story about a company that like a big um, office tower that a lot of people complained about the elevator that was very, very slow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of the people, when most of when clients complaining, hey, the elevator is slow, they're thinking how I can speed up the elevator. But mm-hmm. this makes sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What they did was understanding the problem that people hated to wait to the elevators, and then they put a mirror in the waiting room. Mm-hmm. And the amount of the complaint dramatically reduced. Mm-hmm. So they just put the mirror so people can look at look their, themselves. Like, look at themselves. Okay, cool so, idea. 
I think it's a great way of, of explaining you have the problem, but you need to understand what's causing the problem. Mm-hmm. And, and by understanding what's causing the problem is that people are, are bored and then they say, yes, I'm waiting for the elevator. But when you give them to look at themselves, mm-hmm. they are less bored. And I assume it's much cheaper to put mirrors than fixing the whole elevator platform. Yeah, I agree. So this is like one example. The second example is um, to develop a real vulnerability. I think that there are amazing platforms for startups. And I think the commu- this is like the interest of the government, the interest of the community to support startups. Mm-hmm. But bringing in your vulnerability to be very open, to actually listen to what people are saying and to understand that you're probably less smart than you think. Mm -hmm. And by knowing that you don't know everything and understanding the the, the, uh, amazing advices that you can get, maybe in one-on-one, maybe listen to, to podcasts such as this one, or maybe read books, listen to books by understanding and saying, hey, does this fit for me? Mm -hmm. I think it's a huge value and an asset for every entrepreneur. And something in addition into this vulnerability is is actually the opposite that also needs to be uh, considered by the entrepreneurs that entrepreneurs hearing tons of advices. Mm-hmm. Those advices, especially the open one, are public. Everyone have the same advices, but some entrepreneurs succeed and the most doesn't. Mm-hmm. I think what entrepreneurs that, that listen and seeing this podcast need to understand is that all the advices that they hear, even if it's advices that are like ad hoc for them, I'm working with tons of startups, I'm a mentor at Textiles Tel Aviv, and something that I'm always saying to to all the startups that I'm working with them, and I think a lot of startups every year is one thing. When you hear an advice, probably the, the man or the women who are giving you this advice want to help you mm-hmm. but and, and really intended to do it but when i'm coming on my advisor role normally i don't have full visibility of this startup situation i don't know all the information and what i'm giving is relevant for the way i behave mm-hmm. it's not relevant for everyone and the big thing is when i'm giving an advice as an advisor I don't really have any accountability on what I'm doing. This founder, this CEO, CEO of this startup, this is his life. This is his family life. And the founders need to remember that they're the only one that have any accountability for their business, not their advisors. And by understanding and not doing everything, but listening to everything, 
being vulnerable, understanding they're not as smart as they seem, and then saying, I'm going to do A and not B. Mm-hmm. To focus on A, even though I thought that B was the most important five days ago. So you have to listen, you have to learn, you have to get this advice, but you should filter them based on what you're doing, based on what will be better for your business, because no one of the advisor will not know what best for exactly your business, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, we uh, already mentioned the discovery uh, phase, and I really would like to move to this topic, so uh, which I think will be very uh, interesting to our listening listener who are just thinking to start something. So can you please tell us what is the customer discovery and why it is important in our world today? So, so I think that this process is maybe the most important thing that a startup founder need to do before you write even a one single line of code. Mm-hmm. And I will share with you something personal. And this is definitely a fail that I failed in the way that we started Fixel. And it took us a lot of time to, to fix it. When I started Fixel, and I go to my colleagues that were some of the brightest people that I knew in the digital marketing. And I go and I ask them, hey, assume you have a solution that managed to identify uh, the purchase intent of your, visit, of your website visitors and can increase your, um, your uh, revenues by 20 to 30%. Uh, would you buy this product? Does this question make sense? Mm-hmm. They said yes, and they intended to do it. And when the launch Fixel, they some of them actually bought it, mm-hmm. but it was the wrong question. Why? First of all, you know what? Especially experienced marketers going to say no to the question: Do you want more money? Mm-hmm. What happened that we face uh, with retargeting campaign? And when you want, and the retargeting campaign already works well. They work well and they didn't have the urge, the urgency to improve it. And we as a founders, we didn't consider the impact of the section, the problem, the pain that we solve compared to all the marketing mix. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, we did sell, we reached to, to, to a lot of customers, but we still have, but, but, but we still have been in the, in the early adapter uh, section. And it was really hard for us to move from the early adapters to, to the majority of the advertisers. Mm-hmm. So we definitely think that being part of a larger company that offer a lot of services and to put it as a, as a mix is something that is valuable for the customers, for our customers, for the company. And this is one of the reasons that we decided to sell Fixel, to sell the company. Mm-hmm. And I think that what I suggest, and there is a great tweet that, I will, it's in Hebrew, but I will like mention it. Um, 
they talk about like the discovery process, but by great angel and in year and that he wrote very, very nicely. And when you build, like when you want to look for your next idea, what you need to do is to understand, understand the problem that you want to solve, go and interview people that are stakeholders that's relevant to, to this problem. Mm-hmm. This is not an easy task, but reaching out to them, to, to the people that signed the check and talk with them about what are the problems in this specific landscape. Mm-hmm. If they don't mention, actively mention the problem that you want to solve, maybe think about a different idea. Even if they mention this problem, you need to find out where um, people that not only have pain, but actively looking for solutions. Mm -hmm. Because there is a gap between saying, I have this pain, to I'm looking for a solution, and there is a problem with the solution because of. Because of, it's not efficient, it's not fast enough, it's super expensive, it's their feature aren't a good fit for me, and so on. And so, and this is where you can fit in mm-hmm. this space by understanding the problem that people looking for solutions and willing to pay, and especially in the B two B SaaS, what I'm saying is build your startup when your clients already have a line in the budget and they're just looking for um, where to put it. This is what you need to build. And I think this is a very long and tedious process. It can be a three to six months process that's going to take most of your time. Three to six months? Three to six months. It's a very long Mm -hmm. process. Do this is something what in, entrepreneur do by himself or he can, I don't know, work with some agency who like providing this type of the business or you think that in this initial stage when you only have the idea, you as the founder, owner and entrepreneur and it's your idea and patient, you have to work on it by, by yourself and probably with your partners. I think that this one, you know, you might going to need a lot of assistance by getting those calls because mm-hmm. it's very, very hard. Mm-hmm. It's not easy and you need to make lots of calls. I'm recommending to people to reach, to make, I'm saying uh, the, uh, like the first 10 calls, you will know the questions to ask. Mm-hmm. Then having like 50 to 100 calls because you need the mask. Like, you know, if, if four out of 10 people going to say, this is the problem. It doesn't say anything. If 40 out of 100 going to say, it's a huge difference mm-hmm. in percentage. But you see, yes, this is not random. It's not by accident that people like me. And something very important was in this process, and this is really important. You um, don't say a word about your solution. Mm-hmm. You're talking only about their pains Mm -hmm. 
the pains are the most important because that based on this pain, then you will build your solution because firstly should be a pain and solution is going after, not vice versa. Okay, I, I, I fully agree with you. And can we highlight, for example, a few main steps of the discovery phase? Like, uh, can, can we do this? Yes. First, like, uh, once you have it, the first one is to, to understand, like, what you're doing, where are your boundaries, what do you want to do? Then, mapping um, those stakeholders. It's a very big challenge. This is before you make even one calls. If I'm working in a B2B SaaS, then what are the needs of the, the user? What are, uh, who is there, who going to write the check? Mm -hmm. It's sometimes it will be the, the executive who will write the check, but it will be to use by the, by the mid-level management. Who is our client? Is this going to be a bottom up? or the management going to tell them use this solution. That I have no idea what your solution for, for the audience will listen to this podcast, but you try to solve a problem. Once you have it, it's the heavy phase. And I'm saying like the first 10 calls will help you with the questions. You will get an understanding. If none of the 10 mention your problem, maybe already you can change it. Mm -hmm. then try to be more focused on the pains and then the rest, the 20 to 50 to 20 to 100 um, to try to, to validate that this is an actual pain and not by asking them, hey, do you have a pain around this and this? But, but like, this is like your activity. Let's talk about your landscape. What do you want to solve? Where do you focus your efforts? Why isn't it working? And once you have it, and something else, if you have a few options, then you need to do this process for each one of your options. For example, I work with, with a startup that um, working with him on the discovery process, and he have um, to work, for example, for... Um, for personal, uh, for well, I can't expose because this is like actually in progress. But for example, if I take for the marketing, then he doesn't know if he want to work for freelancers, mm -hmm. for one to three, for a very very small, or he want to capture the 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 twenty to fifty. Okay, like still small business, but there is a huge gap between a twenty to fifty business to a one to three. Mm -hmm. You need to run this discovery process twice and to understand where is the pains. Mm -hmm. where, where are the pains? Sorry. Where are the pains? And it's going to impact all the business because building a solution for a one-man show have different needs than someone that still have uh, employees that, that, that running his campaigns, for example. Mm -hmm. And after you're doing it, you start and to define, uh, to make those calls. And then you start with the product strategy. Once you have the product strategy, and you start work on like, what is the USP? Why people going to buy your solution? 
And what to consider when you're building effective strategies? So initially, we made this discovery phase. We understood, we make the calls, we talk with our potential clients, understand, like dig deep into their problem, their activities, and what is our next step? Like, what should we consider to build this effective strategy based on this information which we receive? Look, I think that strategy, you know, it's, it's a very big word. <laughs> if you will go and you ask 10 experts what is strategy, you will probably um, get like 12 answers. <laughs> so, so saying strategy is something very big. For me, I think strategy is the, the way that, like, uh, that you're going to work. And if you try to break it down, then you don't have like only one strategy you have. You can narrow it down to you have like your overall business strategy, which is, this is what we want to do as a company. Mm -hmm. This is like the long-term, you have the brand strategy. This is the way I want people to see my brand. And this is like a five-year plan. And then you're going to take it into like a very specific marketing strategy that normally lasts one year. This is what I'm going to do. This is the way that I'm going to act this year, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing as, as an entrepreneur, as an executive, in many cases, the strategy um, avoid me to do the things that I want to do and force me to do the things that I need to do. Mm-hmm. Because being focused is one of the most crucial elements that every uh, entrepreneur and executive needs because the amount of opportunities that we are having is tremendous. And it's sometimes much more fun and more interesting to go and to explore, hey, let's explore this opportunity. Let's explore this opportunity. When you know what you need to do and how to act, you can be very focused on, I'm going to solve for this. Mm -hmm. Everything else, not interesting. Do so, you think that it is a big mistake to to start something without having any strategy? Because actually, because I am uh, communicating with a lot of entrepreneurs who just want to start something and improve their business, they sometimes like some people. You know, they are very chaotic. They want like, let's do this or maybe try this, let's do this small, test it and then like make changes. Do you think that it is a wrong way of doing the things or and it's better to have a plan for at least like one year of where you want to be before starting something? Um, I think it really depends on the category. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a marketer and came from the performance and I won't like say no to, hey, you know, we ran a test, it worked, let's do it. It's not bad, but what I've learned is that you need to focus on pain and to build a great offer. Mm-hmm. Like strategy is a very, very big word and, and when you already invest like your, your time, your, um, your sweat dollars, then you definitely need to have can you start by testing? Yes, this is okay. But you do need to know what do you solve for? And you do need to know what do you offer? 
am I offer something that people are looking for? Oh, yes, I want this. This is what I need. And once you have it, um, you can actually go and, and build the right process. But without pain and without a great offer, it's going to be very hard. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, by the book, yes, you do need the product strategy and you do need the whole process. But it's going to be very hard without solving a real problem. And talking about testing of the demand of your future product, can we win with just a simple promise? Um, I think, a, you know, here it depends. You know, here this is the place that, that to go to companies like, yours, uh, like you and to, to work with them. How can you take this promise and make people, you know, there is the meme of, Shut up and take my money. <laughs> this is the situation. This is the, the 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 goal I think for every entrepreneur. Very simple. This is what you want to do, and I think that by testing, and this is something that was really hard for me to say. As as a performance, we go and we try to build and all the small tricks and the hacks to, hey, how can I improve my CTR by this? How can I improve my CPA? Yes, hey, I lower my CPA by 30%. This is amazing. But when you give something which is very simple, I call it the non-creative approach. Yeah. When you're in the industry and you already have your product, I think your creative is maybe the most important um, factor that you can improve to, to scale your business results. But there is a limit with how much your creative can take you. Mm -hmm. Creative can take you 10x, which is huge. Mm -hmm. But if your axe isn't big enough, then even 10x won't build a huge business. Mm -hmm. So you need to understand where you start. Can I say, hey, I'm offering this and this. Do you want to buy it? And, you know, if many people are going to say, yes, it's interesting. Then later on, you can go, you can find an amazing creative, creative agency. You can hire a creative director and, you know, make, you know, sell to X, sell 10X, which is huge. Mm -hmm. But if what you're selling is not interesting enough, I don't think the creative will solve it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Interesting thought. Interesting, really. And, and, and I'm having tons of value for creative. I think that, you know, we can, you know, taking it into like to the discussions of the way Facebook and Google and, and the ad platform work, creative becoming much more important than data, than audiences, than what we're doing in Fixel or what other companies are doing in the ad tech landscape. Mm -hmm. But when you're building a business, you need to be interesting enough for your audience segment to make they say, I want it. Even the creative is bo totally boring. Uh, I also, you know, one time I was thinking about such things. 
is it better to develop something where you are expert? For example, if you are a marketer, you know, build something and uh, like as you started the pixel, you, you told that you have your own pain. It just came from you because you was a marketer. You decided to solve it for yourself, you know, and scale it for the people. So and also there are people which are starting uh, solving problem which they are not expert in you know like uh, starting something like solve the problem of another industry where you have never worked i think that it is like much more harder for such people to uh, to to work on this when you didn't have like this inner experience of the industry to solve it um Okay, and uh, based on, uh, in your opinion, what are the key challenges for entrepreneurs, which entrepreneurs face in the digital era? I think that, um, first of all, um, entrepreneurs that think only on the, digi the, digi the digital area. Mm -hmm. um, this is like one of the, I think that today we're reaching to a situation that almost everything is digital. And, you know, there is a big discussion of what is digital? Like, you know, if I'm running ads and I'm buying a CTV, connected TV, is this TV or is this uh, digital? Mm -hmm. And I'm buying ads if I'm in the US and I'm going to, to platform to a digital out of home, the DOOH. If I'm buying billboards using a DSP, is this digital or not? Because someone go, he drive my car and then he see my billboard. You go into CVS and he see my billboard on a refrigerator. Is this digital or not? So by focusing and, you know, when you already have your business, then you do need like to have this clear strategy that, that we discussed previously. And you do need to know who is your audience, what do you want to achieve? What do you offer? How do you going to do it? And by, by understanding this, then you can take it into, I want to do Facebook ads, TikTok ads, Snapchat, where, uh, Google, YouTube, Instagram, or whatever. I think that with too much focus and a lot of entrepreneurs go and saying, hey, we're going to do Facebook. Mm -hmm. And I think this is very... I think this is not smart. It might mm -hmm. work, but mm -hmm. for the long run, it's really hard and not sustainable. You need to say, I have this audience. This is what I want to offer them. This is the way that I'm going to offer them. And now let's look for the best marketing channels for us. Maybe it will be Facebook. I'm not saying don't do Facebook ads. I think Facebook ads can be great, but you need to start with your business goals. And today, um, um, entrepreneurs, when they start to market, especially with the not experienced entrepreneurs, it seems very easy. Hey, you know, I'm just going, I learned, you know, for two hours how to run Facebook campaign and then let's open it. It's easy. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy on the technical. Yeah. But I we're having so much distractions. We have so many options. And what uh, those entrepreneurs need to know that they need to focus on what's best for them and to leverage all the different ad channels for their goals and not vice versa. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, my last question for today to you, uh, based on your experience, number one pitfall when starting a startup? Um, I think that thinking that you knowing and not focusing on pains. Mm -hmm. I think many startups, I think fails, And, you know, they, they, I think a lot of researchers, um, when they analyze why startup fails, the number one was product market fit. Mm -hmm. And this is the reason once you're starting with this very focus on the pains, the discovery process and so on, and everything that we discussed, it's just like, you know, when... Being an entrepreneur is gambling. When you start a new business, when you start a startup, you can do all the right steps. You're mm -hmm. probably going to fail. This is the reality. And this is something you as an entrepreneur need to be ready mentally, financially. Mm -hmm. Like being an entrepreneur is a commitment, not only for you, but Uh, for all the people with families, this is also a commitment for your families that uh, on, on, on the salary that, that you bring home and on the time that, that you're physically, if you, if you need to fly abroad or the time that, that you go and you work in the room instead of spending time with the family. It's not mm -hmm. easy. And I think that the main pitfall, once you know that you're increase the probability for having the product market fit, you dramatically increase your success rate. Like, mm -hmm. you know, they say statistically that like 95 of the startups closing in the first year. This mm -hmm. is a lot. I, I honestly believe that, you know, if you're doing everything right, then you have 20, 30% to succeed. It's much, it's much higher. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But you still have to understand that you're probably going to fail and, and you need this spark by saying, I want to be a, an entrepreneur. I want to be a founder. I know the price of doing it and to try to smile because um, it's not an easy way, but I think it's like, Once you succeed and this path is rewarding, like, you know, nothing else you can do on the business perspective. Yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you. You know, I was um, thinking about this, that uh, it is, you know, people tend to think about the final goal where they are going and they dreamed about it and they put all the forces. And I think that you should take happy and pleasure from the, all the journey which you are taking. So make the business which is your passion. Then like even, even if you at the end will fail, you know, you will love all this journey, you will gain experience and you will, you know, uh, you, you will take pleasure from this. This is, will be a big part of your life. So just 
don't be focused only on the final, you know, but think about everyday, everyday goals, small goals, and take pleasure from this, from this small achievements, and just take happy from 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 what all of what you are doing. I think this is very important when you are preparing yourself for such a long and hard way to take a pleasure from it. I definitely agree, you know, by celebrating the, the big, the small wins. And by, you know, being an entrepreneur is that you're going to live for, for a number of years on a high stakes roller coaster. And, you know, when you're having the fun part, have fun. It's so rewarding, the feeling that customer and he pays you money for something that, you know, a few years ago was just an idea in your mind. It's so rewarding. It's not that you work for someone else. This is you. You decided on this. You like it. You choose this client type. You choose this product. You build a strategy. And someone actually willing to pay for this. <laughs> and it's so rewarding mentally that it's really, you know, it's not, hey, great, I, I sold some products, I made this commission, it's really, really nice. But this feeling, I, I don't think that the words can, can describe how good you feel when you see something that starts as an idea actually being used and helping people achieve more. Yes, that's that's amazing feeling, I believe. Thank you very much, Edgar, for this uh, podcast. It was really very interesting and really very very valuable. I hope our listeners will like this and will listen to this advice. We'll take them them into consideration and. Uh, We'll, we will have more greatest startups, more greatest companies, more greatest things which will help people to solve their pains. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.